A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad you joined us on the program today. Hopefully you had a uh, fantastic weekend and are uh, ready for a uh, busy week because we've got one in store for us. I'm telling you, uh, we've got, let's see, a constitutional carry on the move in uh, the huger state of Pennsylvania where the uh, state house expected to approve constitutional carry today. They've not cast that vote when I sat down to start recording this, but by the time you watch it, they may very well have. Uh, we've also got constitutional carry in Ohio that is still making progress. We're starting to see some work on constitutional carry in Alabama and in Georgia as well. So, yeah, we've got a lot of things that we're keeping our eyes on uh, now that the uh, legislature is back at work. Still looking at Florida, too, for a constitutional carry, although we've not seen a, uh, a hearing scheduled for a constitutional carry legislation. But with Governor Ron DeSantis saying that he is supportive of it, uh, I, I feel pretty good. That, that bill is at least going to get a, a full hearing. Now, whether or not we can convince some uh, reluctant Republicans to uh, go along is another story, but uh, we'll be talking about that in the uh, days and weeks ahead. Meanwhile, today we're going to be talking about something that's going on in a blue state. Because it's not all good news for gun owners. I wish it was. I wish it was nothing but constitutional carry. We're talking about getting rid of fees and getting rid of waiting periods and getting rid of all that. No. In most states, yes. In most states, I think we're trending in the right direction, but not in every state. And one of the things that gun control activists are trying to do, I mean, look, they they, they want to ban our guns, right? They want to start with the modern sporting rifles. They want to go after our magazines. If they could, they'd love to overturn Heller and then go after our handguns. But right now they're 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 focusing on the uh, the evil quote unquote assault weapons, the high capacity magazines. But they're also trying to put in place other infringements on our right to keep and bear arms, right? Uh, red flag laws, waiting periods, and permit to purchase. Yeah, pistol purchase permits. Big fans, the gun control movement is, of pistol purchase permits. They fought hard and were successful at keeping a pistol purchase permit law on the books in the state of North Carolina last year, this is a law that's been around since the Jim Crow era, was designed to prevent, you know, those undesirables from carrying around a handgun, even though they weren't prohibited by law from doing so, but they could be prohibited because a sheriff just feels like, well, I don't think they're suitable. Mm -hmm. I don't like these laws. I think they need to go off the books. I think they have they should have already been taken off the books, but unfortunately, in about twelve states, we still have pistol purchase permits that are still there in statute, still require gun owners to uh, go with their hat in hand to the issue and authority and say, "Please, sir, may I exercise my Second Amendment rights?" Mm -hmm. And the gun control lobby isn't happy with the fact that only a dozen states have these laws. They want to put them on the books wherever they can. And one place they are eyeing very closely is the state of Delaware, where a permit to purchase law has been introduced. It is currently a live bill in the legislature. And the Center for American Progress has a piece out today claiming that Delaware will benefit from a permit to purchase law. Now, the Center for American Progress says correctly that Delaware already has a lot of gun control bills. Uh, they have a, a universal background check law, for example, uh, which means, by the way, that before anybody 
can legally acquire a firearm, they already have to go through a background check, right? Already, before they can legally acquire a handgun, a rifle, a shotgun, they already have to go through a background check, whether they're buying that gun at a gun store or they're buying that gun from their neighbor. They're supposed to go through a background check, which should, you would think, eliminate the need for a pistol purchase permit since the buyer of any pistol is already going through a background check before they can purchase it. But again, not enough for the gun control activists. No, no. Doesn't matter they got red flag laws. Doesn't matter that they've got... Uh, it, it shall issue concealed carry. But it's you know, a lot of uh, training requirements and things of that nature. In fact, uh, the gun control laws are so extensive in the state of Delaware that the Center for American Progress notes that the state has received a B rating from Giffords. Yeah. And, and that means, you know, listen, if you're above average for Giffords, you are below average in respecting the right to keep and bear arms. But as the Center for American Progress writes, while these actions and gun laws are stronger than those found in many states, and Delaware has opportunities to further protect its residents from gun violence, including by passing SB3 and implementing that permit-to-purchase licensing system. The Senate bill, they say, would require anyone wishing to purchase a handgun to first obtain a permit that entails fingerprinting, as well as basic live firearm training and safety training. That's right. Before you could own a handgun, and this, by the way, is different from a lot of pistol purchase permit requirements found in other states, which are already onerous enough. But this one proposed in Delaware would require you to undertake a state-mandated training course before you could lawfully possess a handgun. Now, here's the problem with this. Beyond the obvious constitutional concerns, our Second Amendment doesn't say a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, but... But you can place all of these sorts of training requirements on people before they can exercise their rights. No, we don't require people to get a bachelor's in English before they can exercise their First Amendment rights. We don't even require them to take a class on how to write an effective letter to the newspaper. You start with your right of free speech. You start with your freedom to worship as you please. You start with your ability to petition your government for a redress of your grievances. And you start your life in this country with the position that you have the right to keep and bear arms. Now, you can lose that right. You commit a violent crime. That right can be taken from you. You're adjudicated mentally defective. That right can be taken from you. I believe personally that there should be a process by which you can have those rights restored. But you start with your rights intact. And this Delaware proposal would flip that on its head. You wouldn't have a right to keep or bear arms. It would be a privilege to be doled out by the state of Delaware after you satisfied their demands. Now, again, this is passed out of the Delaware State Senate. It has passed through the House Judiciary Committee. And it could become law if it is passed by the Delaware House and signed by the governor before the session ends on June 30th, 30th of this year. Now, the Center for American Progress says, uh, while Delaware has taken steps to prevent gun violence in the state, more significant prevention initiatives are needed, including better implementation around existing policies. These actions, they write, should continue with the passage and effective implementation of the permit-to-purchase law in SB3. Uh, again, 
a, a, a quote-unquote effective implementation of this bill, if it were to become law, would deprive untold residents of their right to keep and bear arms. We're already seeing this around the country. You know, in the state of Illinois, there are thousands of people who have been waiting for months on end before the state issues them their required firearm owner identification card before they can keep a gun in their home. They're waiting 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, sometimes more than a year for their concealed carry license after they've applied. And while they are twiddling their thumbs in that bureaucratic limbo, their rights are being denied to them. Recently ran across a, uh, a another case. I mean, look, we've seen lawsuits filed in Philadelphia over the closing of the uh, pistol permit units. Uh, ran across a uh, another situation, I believe. Oh, yeah, I know where it is. Marion County, Indiana, Indianapolis. Where Indianapolis, I mean, look, Indiana is a shallow issue state. And in fact, Indiana changed their law last year so that they removed all of the fees associated with applying for a carry license, which is great, but you still have to apply. And in Marion County, which is the state's most populated county, if you want to apply for your concealed carry license today, you call up the Metropolitan Police Department and you say, I would like to schedule an appointment so I can come in and drop off my application. And as of last week, they were telling uh, potential applicants, okay, we'll see you in June. In June. Six months from now. So we are already seeing this around the country, where people are being denied their constitutionally protected rights because of these licensing systems. And if the state can't meet its burden, if the state can't process these license applications within 30 days, nothing happens to the state. Nobody from the Illinois State Police, nobody from the Marion County uh, Sheriff's Department or the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department are, are in any trouble whatsoever for taking their sweet time and processing these applications. But if you or I or another new gun owner were to carry a firearm, or in some cases even possess a gun in their home, without these permission slips, you think the state's going to cut them a break because the state couldn't uphold its end of the law? No. Which brings us to Delaware. A small state that doesn't have a lot of ranges, doesn't have a lot of firearms instructors, probably doesn't have a lot of spare ammunition too. And yet under this proposal, before you could own a handgun, before you could even keep one in your house, before you could buy one at a store, you would have to undergo a mandatory training session. I believe it's an eight-hour training session. It might be 16. So you'd have to find a range that's open, that's going to be able to offer uh, you know, a, a class that you can take that isn't already full, right? Then you're going to have to find the ammo for your live fire training exercises before you can own a gun. Again, how's that going to work in the state of Delaware? And by the way, are people grandfathered in? Are existing gun owners grandfathered in? Because of all of the people who already own guns or grandfathered in, doesn't that suggest that maybe you don't need this in order to exercise your Second Amendment rights? I'm getting a little frustrated here, as you can tell. Because this is such a bad bill. This isn't going to improve public safety. No violent criminal is going to say, well, gee, you know, I was going to carry a gun around, but now I got to do it and I can't get my training. So then what am I going to do? I guess I'm just not going to carry... That's not going to happen. The people who are going to be impacted by this 
are the law-abiding responsible residents of Delaware who would like to be able to protect themselves. They need to be able to protect their family. And the state is once again putting a, an, what, what is supposed to be a nearly impenetrable barrier between these residents and their constitutionally protected rights. So the Center for American Progress says Delaware needs to pass SB3. No way. In fact, if Delaware passes SB3 between now and June 30th, these lawmakers will have clearly demonstrated the contempt they have, not only for our right to keep and bear arms, but for the good people there in Delaware, living in not-so-great neighborhoods, who would like to be able to protect themselves and their loved ones by exercising their Second Amendment rights. We'll keep you up to date on what's going on with this bill, but if you are a Delaware gun owner, I would strongly encourage you to reach out to your House member and urge them to reject Senate Bill 3 and stand firm in support of your civil rights. Now, let's uh, turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We will start there. We've been talking a lot about juvenile justice and the problem of the juvenile justice system. Well, here you go. Florida teenager accused of shooting a man in the face was on probation from a home invasion, and he committed when he was just 13 years of age. Yep, this comes from uh, WBTW in uh, Deltona, Florida. Uh, the 15-year-old, one of two teens, arrested for shooting a man in the face and then stealing his car. This was uh, initially reported last Thursday, about 6.15 in the afternoon, after a man was hit by a car in Deltona, Florida. When deputies arrived, they learned that the 18-year-old victim was actually shot in the face. He was still able to walk and speak. He said he was shot, his car was stolen, taken to a hospital for treatment. He is expected to recover. Canine deputy tracked one of the suspects down to a backyard, 15-year-old wearing socks but no shoes, pair of slippers, found at the scene of the uh, crime. Further investigation found that the teen was on probation for an armed home invasion he committed when he was 13 years old alongside another 13-year-old. Police said the uh, teens, who are now 15 years of age, were trying to buy drugs from the 18-year-old victim when a fight broke out. Deputies say one of the teens shot the man before stealing his car. Now these 15-year-olds face charges for attempted felony murder, aggravated battery with a deadly weapon, carjacking with a firearm, using a firearm during the commission of a felony, as well as violation of juvenile probation. Uh, Sheriff also says, by the way, that one suspect charged with burglary assault in 2018 when he was just 12 years old. The other said to have been arrested for allegedly robbing another child of his shoes at knife point in September of 2019. So, you think we need another gun control law? I mean, it's already illegal in Florida for anybody under the age of 18 to purchase a firearm. So do we need another gun control law? Or do we maybe need to talk about what's going on in our juvenile justice system? And I, I, I firmly believe that the goal, not only, frankly, of the juvenile justice system, but of the adult re, uh, justice system, the, the goal should be to ensure that these individuals don't come back. Incarceration is important, particularly for uh, those violent offenders who cannot be out in the general public, who pose a risk to uh, the general public and perhaps even to themselves. But I I'm not adverse to the idea of rehabilitation, particularly, again, when it comes to young offenders. That is supposed to be the primary concern of the juvenile justice system. And yet it is clear when you look at uh, the crime reports we're seeing across the country that our juvenile justice system is failing to rehabilitate these young offenders. The recidivism rate uh, is going in the wrong direction. And I would argue that as much as we might not want to put a 12 or 13-year-old in, in juvenile detention facilities, we also don't want them 
to be shooting people in the face and then stealing their car, right? I mean, neither one of those situations is ideal, but I would prefer to go with the situation that hopefully allows for that youthful offender to be rehabilitated rather than just receive a slap on the wrist and be sent to the streets because we believe somehow that putting them in a facility is going to be worse for them and for the general public. I just don't see it that way. Doesn't mean that the uh, juvenile justice system doesn't need reform. Doesn't need, mean that the criminal justice system doesn't need reform for that matter. But uh, again, <laughs> there are better ways to go about it than what we're doing here. Uh, today's Armed Citizen story from CWB Chicago, where uh, they report that a robber and a clerk exchanged gunfire during a store holdup in the River North neighborhood over the weekend. According to uh, CWB Chicago, cops responded to calls of shots fired about 1.50 in the afternoon on Sunday. A uh, Chicago police spokesperson said an armed robber pulled out a gun inside the store. An employee also pulled out a gun, an exchange of gunfire between the victim and the offender. Uh, Police, by the way, say the offender got away, and they believe he's actually responsible for at least two other robberies committed later that same afternoon. Yeah. The uh, store clerk, by the way, uh, last report anyway, not expected to be facing any charges, but we'll keep our eyes open for any more details that emerge from that story. And finally today, our good deed of the day, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where uh, police in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to help a, a young man better himself. Austin Larson showed up at the Oshkosh Police Department recently uh, looking for some guidance. And uh, according to Officer Kate Mann, she says, uh, we began talking with Austin, building that rapport with him, learning more about his background. He advised us that he had graduated from high school a couple of years ago, and he had spent many of his years in childhood growing up in foster care. They learned that he had aged out of the foster care system and that he was now homeless. Since October, he's been living in a warming shelter there in Oshkosh, but it's only a place to sleep. He has no place to go, no place to be, rather, during the day. He has no car. He spends a lot of time inside the library because it's, it's warm there. Um, he has been job searching. He actually got an interview for a job with the State Department of Corrections. He would like to be a law enforcement officer. And the uh, officers there in Oshkosh say they want him to be successful as well. So one of the things that uh, they did for Mr. Larson uh, is using the department's Police Lights for Christmas program. They actually bought him some taxi vouchers and some job interview clothes. Uh, Larson says it's good to know that there's still good people out there. He said, I've never had a bad encounter with an officer myself. They're great people. Uh, he said, um, again, you know, it, it means the world to him. Officer uh, a man said, I'm really hopeful that he can get this job. We can maybe assist in locating an apartment for him. Uh, Larson had that interview last week. He is expecting and hoping to learn the results of that interview this week. So if you are the praying kind, um, say a prayer for uh, Austin Larson, 20 years old, and hopefully, um, hopefully get into transition from uh, homeless to a, a correctional officer with a career path ahead of him. And uh, to those members of the Oshkosh Police Department who uh, are trying to help Austin out, we thank you for your very good deed. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. Don't forget to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day for even more of the latest Second Amendment news and information throughout the nation. If you like what you see, you can also become a VIP subscriber. Just use the promo code GUNRIGHTS when you go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. You'll get exclusive analysis, commentary, news stories you won't find anywhere else. But we really do appreciate your support for the independent pro-Second Amendment journalism that we do at BearingArms.com. It means a lot to us. And I'm looking forward to being back with you tomorrow with even more of the news and information you need to know about 
when it comes to your right to keep and bear arms. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free. 